So Money Episode 730, Savannah Sellers, journalist for NBC News. You're listening to So Money with award-winning money guru, Farnoosh Karabi. Each day, get a 30-minute dose of financial inspiration from the world's top business minds, authors, influencers, and from Farnoosh herself. Looking for ways to save on gas or double your double coupons? Sorry, you're in the wrong place. Seeking profound ways to live a richer, happier life? Welcome to So Money. Imagine what it would be like to win an Emmy Award at the young age of 24. Sounds like an impossible dream for some, but not for our guest today. Welcome back to So Money, y'all. I'm your host, Farnoosh Tarabi. Today, we have Savannah Sellers on the show. She's the co-host of a show called Stay Tuned, a new twice-daily news program on Snapchat's Discover platform, which was created by NBC News. Get this, it gets over 25 million unique visitors over the course of a month. Savannah is still early in her career, although she's interviewed some pretty impressive famous guests including Chris Pratt, as well as Hillary Clinton. Most recently, she spent some time covering the issue of gun violence in America, getting exclusive interviews with several of the students at Parkland and making a name for herself as a young rising star in journalism. So how does she manage her finances? What did she learn about money growing up? What is her money dilemma today? I have some advice for her. Here is Savannah Sellers. Savannah Sellers, welcome to So Money. It's great to connect with you on the show. I know you're in between probably live hits or recordings for your show on NBC, so we really appreciate you being here with us. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. And I say NBC, but even more specifically, you know, you uh, and you do report for NBC News, but your big show is on Snapchat of all places. So uh-huh. listen, I'm I'm a dinosaur when it comes to social media. I'm I'm a little late to the game, although I, I'm pretty proud of my Twitter following. My Instagram could use some TLC. Snapchat, forget about it. Like I tried it last year or two years ago, and I just I think it's just um I'm not someone who can multitask very well, and social media requires a lot of multitasking. I digress. Tell me a little bit about your show on Snapchat. Did you ever think that as somebody who studied journalism, uh, that that this would be where your audience would exist? Um, you know, it's crazy. I No, I didn't think that. I didn't know that. Um, and it's been so fantastic that it's um, that it's worked out in the way that it has. I mean, I was as surprised as anyone that it really clicked, but it's kind of just a testament to how much the media landscape is changing. And it's pretty cool to see sort of when we met people in this platform, that's that we were able to find them. You know what I mean? Like we created a product native to the platform. It's not cut up from stuff I do on TV or anything like that. It's fully written for recorded, edited graphic treatment is added all specifically for the way it's supposed to look in Snapchat. And, um, and it seems like something that's working. And so our audience, like nearly for the most part is under 25, which is something that you can't reach on other platforms or that other NBC news platforms aren't necessarily reaching or they're working on reaching. So kind of just finding that audience where they already existed and creating a product that worked for that environment has apparently worked out. (laughs) What's been the most successful story recently? I know you've worked on so many and it's hard to pick, but I would say like in the last couple of months, what's been the story that you did that you reported on that, uh, that just kind of really either took off or it just captured a lot of audience. 
Yeah. So actually it's been, um, the day after, um, the absolute tragedy at Parkland was, uh, one of, or if not our highest viewed day ever. Um, and we've, we stayed on that story. We've been following it for a month and not just Parkland, but widening it out larger to uh, the gun debate and, you know, sort of this fight for gun control, um, but trying to show both sides of the story ever since that happened. So that was on February 14th on Valentine's Day was when it happened. And now here we are um, months later. And even just this past weekend, I went to the NRA convention to meet a 19-year-old, you know, same age as a lot of the kids that are fighting for gun control and have honestly basically become the face of gun control, these teenage faces. And we went to go meet somebody on the other end of the spectrum. Um, We followed kids from Parkland up to DC for the March for Our Lives. And what's actually cool about that in sort of a in taking that those you know the numerical metrics from from the success that we've seen in that story um and kind of broadening it out to a bigger theme is just seeing how much this particular age cares about news cares about current events that was something that happened in a high school it's sort of uh high schoolers were the ones that took the reins on the issue and created a movement out of it. And we're seeing high schoolers, which is basically who watches our show, uh, just turn out literally by the millions to get information about this on our show. So that's been pretty amazing to see. So high schoolers, what do they care about right now? Uh, You know, a lot of times we, we forget about the, the teens who are consuming news, but they certainly are. And you have a very unique lens Um, into what they care about. So what seems to be trending other than pop culture? Technically, uh, when you sign up for Snapchat, you're supposed to be 13 and up in order to have the app. Um, You know, that's obviously up to a person to be honest upon downloading the app, but basically it's meant for 13 year olds and up. And we have a huge chunk of our audience that's ages 13 to 17. So it's, it's even younger than millennials. It's really is Gen Z. And what's kind of amazing about it is it's like, you know, you hear a lot about, and I'm a millennial, I'm only 26 years old. And I, you hear about, you know, millennials don't care about this. Millennials don't care about that. They don't know this. They care about exactly what you know, viewers of MSNBC or NBC News and older demographic cares about. It's just about the way that it's told. And it's about making it faster so that it matches the speed of of everything else that they're watching within apps where they're spending all their time and putting me in, you know, me getting to dress how I actually dress in my real life and looking like their friend that's within their messaging app and they're communicating back and forth. But, you know, I look like their friend. I'm just giving them the news and they want to know where I got my shirt or whatever. So it's kind of just about creating this environment that that matches what they're used to and what they like and what they go to and just putting in information that we think, quite frankly, they need to know and is going to improve their life by knowing and we're seeing them, you know, be appreciative of that. It's it's cool because who you are in like the Savannah sellers they see is not just someone who's reading the news, right. Or reporting on the news. You're also this person that has opinions and perspectives. How do you feel about that being kind of put in that position? It's what your audience wants. So I suppose like you're going to give it to them, but do you like sharing about yourself outside of being the Emmy award-winning journalist? me as a person. Yeah. I mean, it's so much fun. The fact that I think we're on Snapchat and being able to use my personal Snapchat also, you know, which they find me on to just show what I'm doing in my real life or like, 
I, you know, I'm, I'm 26 years old. I have a show that's on Snapchat. It's not on regular TV and I have no problems showing that I'm going to a concert with my friends or, or having a drink with my friends or going on a trip with my boyfriend or whatever, you know, that I, I show that I show my real life in, um, on my personal social channels, which is where I, I sort of spend time with and communicate with a lot of the viewers of the show. Um, and it's, that's one of my favorite parts about it actually is to be able to have these young people sort of, um, you know, see, I'm at a concert and tell me they like the same kind of music or, yeah. or like I said, ask me where I got my shirt, all that kind of stuff. That's really cool. That's actually one of my favorite parts. About where it. do you shop? Where do you get your shirts? <laughs> I'm big on Zara. And actually that's what, for some of the questions that we'll get into, that's like one of my big things, which as silly as it sounds, because I literally need two outfits most days because I'm shooting both shows and we want it to make sure that it looks different within Snapchat that you don't think you're clicking into the same show that you saw in the morning since it's twice a day. Um, finding cheap shirts that I can get a lot of is very, very important. So Topshop, Zara, H&M, all that kind of stuff. And we're lucky we're headquartered at a 30 Rock that most of those things are within a block <laughs> which is which can be dangerous at times too oh, I, I will admit well you mentioned it you know we have a lot of questions to get to about your personal finances uh, although I do I am also curious because your career has just been so amazing and you mentioned you're only 26 you've already won an Emmy you're on the Emmy award-winning team uh, that covered uh, the series hooked America's heroin epidemic that was Kate Snow's series on NBC nightly news and you know it sounds. It seems to me like if it, if I was just looking at your resume, it was like a straight shoot from school to NBC to Snapchat stardom. Twenty five, thirty million people watch your show over the course of a month. What along the way has been the challenge for you? I mean, clearly it's not a straight shoot. There are probably at this point even maybe even a setback or two. Uh, but what has helped you kind of overcome? the competitiveness, the challenges of breaking into this industry. I consider news and journalism like almost as competitive as like trying to make it in Hollywood. <laughs> like there's only so many roles on camera um, and you have one of the coveted ones with so many people watching. So tell us a little bit about the behind the scenes of how it's worked for you. Yeah. So, I mean, um, thank you. That's everything you just said is so nice. Um, it's been, you know, I mean, it, it, I, wanted to be here. And so I worked very hard to identify what I wanted and take specific steps that would help me get there. I interned at NBC a bunch before graduation and then started here in this thing called the page program. And I kind of just made a decision where there was a fork in the road where I was like, should I go into local news? Like, should I go try this after being in New York about a year? I thought, you know, if I do actually really want to be on camera, that's, you know, the more general, that's the typical way to do it. That's, that's sort of how it's worked for so long. Um, or do can I stay here for a little bit longer and see if I can make it happen without leaving 30 rock, without leaving New York, without all these opportunities that are at my fingertips. And then what's been really cool about Snapchat is that, you know, it, it embraces that fact about me. It's, it's not, I didn't learn to, you know, do the news for like, and change my voice because I'm on nightly news or something like that. I just, I'm just me and it works in this environment. And now I think it's sort of, it's kind of spilling over. I'm able to be doing things on NBC news. I'm able to be doing things on MSNBC because that I think is becoming more desirable to be real about it. And I think it's um, certainly a positive thing about the way that we're trying to present the news on stay tuned because there are so many options. Everyone, you know, there's, you have so many choices when you want to consume content. 
one. And so I think making ours authentic um, has has been something that's helped it stick out. But the path hasn't, you know, always been easy necessarily for me. I, um, you know, I spent many, many years as an assistant. And so just a couple of things for me that, you know, were sort of North Stars, things that I've learned is, you know, First and foremost, I was always trying to operate outside of whatever my job title was. So while I was an assistant, I wasn't just being an assistant. I figured out a way to start contributing to MSNBC on the weekends. And I was basically working seven days a week. So whenever I wasn't within the hours of my day job, you know, the job that I was getting technically paid to do, I was figuring out a way to spend the rest of my time doing the things that I really wanted to be doing. And so, you know, just figuring out what's going to work for you. I think my biggest thing is I've had such an unconventional way of getting to where I am now. And, and I love that. And I think that as the media landscape changes, that's probably going to be really the only way to do it is to come up with your own way, because it's not going to just stay the same. There are going to be, as everything continues to get more and more fragmented, um, you're going to have to figure out how to stick out. So, you know, following your gut and your own intuition has been important for me, but yeah, but thank you for saying all those nice things. Yeah. They say youth is wasted on the young, but you're doing it right. I mean, really, it's (laughs) like you have all to gain and nothing to lose and working seven hours or seven days a week, (laughs) seven hours, that's, that's a goal. Seven uh, days a week is what you do when you want to, accomplish a lot uh, at a young age and get further along sooner than later. So kudos to you. Right. And I do think we're at a cool time where youth is embraced. And I think, you know, for example, seeing what's happened since Parkland shows that like people are taking young people more seriously, I think. And I think you can, you're able to, you know, I was an assistant. It didn't stop me from figuring out a way to get on TV. If you're a teenager, it shouldn't stop you from getting done what you want to get done, you know? So I think, I think we're at a cool time. I just learned about this uh, nine-year-old or seven-year-old on YouTube who has like 19 billion views uh, over the last three years. And all the kid does is unpackage toys. And Oh, yes. I know. <laughs> Ryan. <We> know <laughs> I'm like, what am I? I, am, I? I regret all of my life's decisions. I should have just... Yeah, really. Figured out something really simple and low budge and done it on YouTube and called it a day. All right, Savannah, tell me about your so money mantra. What is a, you talk about North Star with your career. What is like a North Star in your financial life? What's something that you aspire to or like is like a a, a guiding light, a force for you in your financial life? So for me, like really the biggest thing that I have to think about for, or, you know, stop myself from doing is spending a ridiculous amount of money on clothes. Like I told you before, I need a lot of clothes for my job, as silly as it sounds, but it just is sort of a fact of what I do. And so I have become, you know, I used to always me and my sister used to laugh at my mom because my mom was such a, I don't know if they have this where you live, but they're, my mom is such a Marshall's and a Ross oh, yeah. shopper. Like, and we were like, mom, that's you always get our presents at Marshall's or Ross. And now I've like become such a sale shopper, but I'm all about like bookmarking things that you like online and keeping an eye on them to see if they're going to go on sale and just little tips and tricks that you learn. Like there's often a difference in price from a, the physical store location where something is sold versus online. And like I mentioned earlier, we're lucky to have so many of those things right around 30 rocks. So keeping an eye on them online, but then checking them out in the store. Um, when I'm on the road, when I'm not in New York and I'm traveling for a story, things are a lot cheaper outside of New York. And you can also have access to stores like Target and things like that, that aren't as easy to get to into the city. So I'll like totally stock up when I'm at those places. So for me, it's kind of like, for me, it's huge with work to how I look. It's just a fact of, you know, being on air in some capacity. And so figuring out a way to make that happen in a 
not total budget crushing way um, is kind of one of the most important things that affects just my daily life and work. So that's kind of some of the tips I've taken up. Rent the runway. Have you ever used them? Oh my gosh, I didn't even, I totally forgot to bring that up. Yeah, I actually do rent the runway unlimited. And so that's awesome. You do, you got four items at a time and you could just switch them out and, or keep them for as long as you want. If you like it and that's a jacket you want to keep or whatever. Um, I'm actually going to the Royal Wedding next week and a little you bit are? ago. Before, yeah. Hold up. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. To cover it, to cover it. Not, yeah. I'm not like, no, that's pretty cool. What are you going to wear? Well, that's exactly what I was just looking at before was a bunch of stuff on Rent the Runway to take for this trip. So yes, I use Rent the Runway and I love it. It's a savior for me. I've been getting into it as well. And not because I have a lot of like royal weddings to go to, but you know, even <laughs> even just, you know, casual wear, just kicking it around the weekends in Brooklyn with my family. I mean, um, it because left to my own devices, I would wear the same thing every day or my yoga pants. So, you know, just, <laughs> it's nice. I don't have to go out and buy things and I wear them once or twice. It's like, oh, you know, yeah, it's I see great. a shirt on Rent the Runway and I'm like, I don't know. Will this look good? Hey, try yeah, it out. No, it's great. And, and also, just since you use it too, the app is so much better than looking on a desktop. It like suggests things that it thinks you would like and it's very good. It's an awesome system. All right. So shameless plug for Rent the Runway just there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I know you grew, up, you grew up in San Diego, right? Is that you're originally from? Yeah. Nice. Are you, do you miss it? I mean, New York is such a drag weather wise. Um, I, you know, I do. It was such an amazing place to grow up. It's such an amazing place to go home to visit. And yes, when we're in the dark months of winter, I'm like, what the heck was I thinking? But first of all, for what I do, it just, it, it can't necessarily be done there. And it's just, it's a lot slower, which a lot of people like and works for a lot of people. You know, I'll have friends come visit me here and they're like, oh my God, I could not do this all the time. Or like, how do you sleep with all these sirens or things like that? And that, I just, that feels like home to me now. So, um, I do miss it sometimes, mostly like you said, weather related, but you know, it's, it's fun here. It's the, Pace we all like if you're addicted to it in some way. <laughs> uh, well, tell us a little bit about your upbringing. And this is a question that comes to us from our sponsor, Chase Slate, which is that what did your parents or family teach you about money? According to a recent survey by Chase Slate, they found that more than half of American parents have talked about money with their kids. So what's the greatest money lesson you learned growing up? My dad has been very, like I mentioned before, my mom is a great sales shopper and she was, she was doing that with everything, with things for our home, clothes for my sister and I. Um, so, you know, she like put it being, you know, somewhat fiscally responsible in our heads early on. Um, but a couple of things, my dad and my grandma and my aunt, um, Aunt Kimmy and my grandma Marilyn have always been very big on 401ks and saving savings accounts. And, you know, it's actually something that I didn't really do when I first got came into the workforce. I thought, you know, gosh, this chunk of money that feels like a ton of money, especially when you start out, that's just going into some account that you can never see. And I regret that because, you know, you're obviously missing out on years. I'm lucky enough to work at a company like NBC Universal that matches what you're putting in there. And it's just, you know, my grandma would always say, you're throwing money out the window by not 
doing a 401k. So that was a big thing. And I also hope to, it's tougher in New York City, as I'm sure you're aware in Brooklyn, um, than it is in a lot of other places, but would love when I can to buy property because that's another thing she says, renting is like throwing money out the window. So they've been big on lessons like that ever since I was little. Um, my dad was always very good at teaching us about things like when he would like, you know, put, we would do the whole like allowance in jars kind of a thing like this money is for this and this money is for that. Um, and so they've, they've been big on instilling those things. My dad, when we're going on a vacation, it always kind of like, you know, explained to us like, because we worked hard, we're spending this money to go on a trip as a family to spend time together, things like that. So they were big on a couple of themes like that. Yeah. So it sounds like they were big on saving, but they were also big on enjoying your money and, you know, making sure that, uh, your hard efforts, you know, paid off and that you could, you know, actually go out and have some fun with the money. What's something that, um, you're saving up for right now? Anything big? Um, I, admittedly have a handbag problem I'm not a shoe person because you know shoes it's so it's other people's responsibility to not step on your feet or spill on you but a purse is just yours and yours alone to really take care of and you know it's something that I actually do think matters I, I've had so many bags when I was younger that, you know, the straps are breaking off or fraying. So I think it's an, a nice thing to invest in. I think you can tell a difference in something like that. And then I'm also, I do like to try to plan travel, um, with my best friends and my sister and my boyfriend. And so we're, we're good about saving up for trips. Um, you know, find, being on the lookout for cheap flights and that kind of a thing, but we'll specifically be like, let's not go out to dinner these next couple nights because we've done that a lot last weekend and we're trying to go wherever. So we're, we're big on purposefully saving for that. What's a big mistake you've made with your money? What's a money failure? <laughs> um, I was thinking about this before. Um, so when I first came to New York, it's, it wasn't that it was a huge mistake, but this was like my first kind of like financial fail where I was like, Oh crap, I gotta, I gotta try to keep up with being an adult now. Um, when I first moved to New York, it was one of the first times that I was really like paying for a large item. Um, and it was a mattress it was the first thing that I was buying when I got to New York, which first of all, until you go mattress shopping, I, I mean, I was shocked at how much mattresses cost. And I went to go buy a mattress and my mom was here with me. She had moved me to New York and my dad was still in San Diego and we were calling him to like talk to him about it. And he was kind of like, all right, well, yep. I mean, sounds like you should make the decision between the two. I don't know. It's up to you. It's your money. And I'm like, oh crap, this is my money, huh? Okay. I guess I'm paying for this. And it was really expensive. And so I chose the financial, the like sort of payment plan option where you go over a, the course of a couple of months instead of just paying up front because I didn't have like a thousand dollars sitting around. So I chose the payment plan option and I was just so not used to paying for things that were not in my normal routine. And I just totally forgot to pay for the mattress for a long time. And so I had like a debt collector calling me about my mattress oh, and my sister no. day makes fun of me because she's like, you were renting your mattress. Like you were renting the thing you sleep on every night and you weren't even paying for it. And so when I finally paid off the mattress, it was like this joke thing where my roommates and my sister and I went out to drinks. We were like, I own my mattress now. Whoa. At least, man, that stinks because it was a mattress. Like it wasn't even something exciting. You know, it was like, Oh, totally. And that was the other thing. That was another like, going to collections for buying fancy cars, not mattresses, but yeah, exactly. And it was, yeah, it wasn't even fun. It was just a necessity. So it was kind of like, oh, wow, this sucks being an adult. So did you dare see your credit score after that? 
<laughs> yeah, it actually it ended up being fine, and they they were they were pretty cool about it because I ha- it wasn't like I had gotten to the end of the full year without ever paying for it. It just got to a certain point. <laughs> Whoops! That you know what? it happens. I think the first time you sign up for an installment payback of some sort, mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. like unless and if you know because the first payment you usually have to pay. Uh, not automatically. Like you have to go in and log in and pay or pay through the envelope system. And then sometimes you forget to do that. And look, it happened to me one time. Everyone knows this story. It was like a banana Republic credit card. I forgot to pay. Uh, I I opened the card. That was my first mistake, you know, because I wanted to make the 15% discount or whatever. And then I forgot to pay it. And, um, I paid it right away as soon as I got the letter, but it's just, it had hit my credit report and it haunted me for years. When I was applying for a mortgage, the underwriters were like, so what's this uh, late payment from, you know, three years ago? Nonetheless, it was still on my credit report. So lessons learned. Yeah, really. All right. You're so money moment. Tell us about something really financially heroic that you consider to be pretty awesome, whether it was negotiating at some point or a deal that you got something, something really proud to share. Yeah. I mean, definitely coming into this job and negotiating the salary. I mean, NBC has been great to me, but I made this sort of, you know, unprecedented, I guess, shift in my career from technically my last job title was an executive assistant to now being a host or correspondent. Um, and that, you know, I mean, it's tricky. I was on a totally different pay structure. Everything about it was completely different. Um, obviously extremely different roles. Um, and so kind of navigating that was tricky because I didn't have a lot to go off of. Like I said, I know it's been sort of unconventional the way that I've done things, but it made it kind of tough to know, you know, what am I supposed to expect here and what are the differences between what I'm doing now and what I will be doing? And then therefore how should the pay reflect that? And, um, and you know, I, not that anything was ever, that bad, but I, you know, I did do a little bit of back and forth with them and kind of saying, I think it really should be this and pointing to certain things that I'd done. And I came out in a way, um, that I was really happy with and, um, and they've been great to me. And, but you know, it was kind of another like big girl moment that where I'm like, Oh crap, like I got to figure this out. And there wasn't a lot to go off of. So it kind of took a lot of me sort of reflecting on what I thought, you know, what my work was worth. Um, and I think we ended up in a great spot. So that was exciting. Were you nervous at first going in for the pitch? Definitely. And it was, you know, you hear so much about that. And, you know, one of my colleagues here, Mika Brzezinski is big on know your value and her books are incredible. And her own story here within this same company about, you know, asking for and receiving the pay that she felt she deserved. Um, it's scary. You know, that's a lot of people, you know, that's a common theme, particularly among women. Uh, and it really was the first time I'd ever been anywhere close to dealing with something like that. Um, so yeah, I was nervous. Um, And it took some chatting, honestly, with my dad, you know, I'm calling him like, how should I say this? Is this asking for too much? Is this ridiculous? And there have been little things that have come along on the along the way too that have changed some pay things for me or added on to the deal and that kind of thing. Um, And now it feels more comfortable. And it feels, you know, like something that you absolutely have a right to do. And you really honestly probably should be doing. Um, And you know, but it takes practice. So it's understandable, I think, whenever someone's nervous about it. And the sooner you start, the better you get at it. So good for you. Flex that muscle. 
Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Tell me about your biggest money habit, something that you do that helps you accomplish your financial goals short or long term, whether it's just trying to, you talked already about like earmarking things online. I love that to help you kind of keep track of stuff you want. When it goes on sale, you go for it. But you know, what else do you do that is conscious? That's a habit that helps you with your financial life. Well, ever since that little mattress situation, <laughs> uh, I set reminders for myself for credit cards, bill due, uh, which is another big thing. I'm all about if if you can, and I mean, you are the expert, not me, but for myself, if I can, um, I pay off my entire bill as frequently as possible rather than just doing the minimum. Uh, but reminders, so reminders for credit card bill, reminders for making sure everything's all good, you know, gym payments, things like that, reminders to pay my rent um, is a big thing for me. I live by my calendar with how busy I am. And so that's something that I think, you know, deserves a place in there as much as anything else. Right on. Yeah, it's it's important to automate because you're, you're the you're one of the busiest people I've ever interviewed. So if you know, <laughs> if something's gonna fall through the cracks, it just might if you don't do yeah, it automatically. Absolutely. So yeah, you got to know yourself. All right, Savannah, you've been a lot of fun. Let's do some so money fill in the blanks before I let you get back to reporting on all the important stuff we need to know about. Uh, Starting with, if I won the lottery tomorrow, the first thing I would do is? Uh, I was looking at these before, and I think the first thing that came out of my mouth was I would buy my parents a house. Uh, My parents... Um, they, you know, we had a gorgeous house. I was very lucky about the house I grew up in when I was younger. And then my parents actually sold the house and started first, they were renting in downtown San Diego and now they're renting by the beach. And it's really just been because they don't know where they feel like settling down. Um, they, you know, liked the city life and you know, they're empty nesters now. Um, but I would love after everything they've done for me. And if it was that much freaking money, if I had a hundred million dollars, I would totally buy them wherever it is that they decided that they were liking. Oh, that's really nice. Your parents must be so <laughs> proud. Oh, they're the best. They they are proud. They're actually coming into town tomorrow. I can't wait to see. Ooh, them. get to show them around the big city. What are you going to do? Don't tell me Empire State Building. <laughs> no, they actually visit my because my younger sister also lives here. We're three years apart. Um, we're the only two that they've got, so they're here a lot. They come like every other month or so. So not a lot of the touristy stuff. Um, we're doing some fun stuff this weekend. I think we're going to come to one of our NBC shows here and uh, a bunch of cool stuff. I love it. Okay, the one thing I wish I had learned about money growing up is one thing I wish I had no money had known about money is saving is really hard, and you might think that you know, oh, this restaurant's a little bit cheaper than that one or whatever. Like, it's tough. Like, you got to pay attention to it. And there are apps that can help you sort of see how much you're spending on things. And I'll even think, you know, I'm on the road for a long time with work. And, you know, when I'm on a business trip, it's paid for by work. So I'm like, oh, it's probably great this month. And then I'll look at my credit card bill. And I'm like, what in the heck did I spend on? And so really paying attention to, you know, what you're spending, what you need. You know, I probably shop more than is recommended for most people that goes more into my job than it does for a lot of other people. So, you know, whatever it is for you that, you know, you got to spend on do it if that's what you got to do, especially if it deals with your career and your job. Um, but just kind of being conscious of that. I work, I try to think about not eating out so much or, you know, for my health of, you know, my body as well as my wallet, not, you know, drinking all the time, stuff like that. Yeah, no, it's true. And I think that 
staying busy certainly helps though. So you definitely spend money on clothing because that's related to your job, but you're probably not able to spend on a lot of other things because you don't have time to use them <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Um, or consume them. Right. So I think sometimes we talk about on the show about how staying busy either with work or other preoccupations is a good thing as long as you like what you're doing, because it can <clears throat> limit your time to spend. And when we have, when we're bored, that's when we make sometimes unhealthy decisions about a lot yeah, of Yeah, that's true. And, and like I said, with me, I'm lucky a lot of times I'm at, you know, work dinners or client appearances, stuff like that, where I'll, I won't even realize that, you know, a week went by, I was barely home and I wasn't paying for dinner every night because of something I was at. So yeah, however you oh, can- milk that opportunity. I remember being yeah. a, a lowly, very low on the totem pole at Money Magazine. And uh, I definitely leveraged the free dinners past seven o'clock if you were still at your desk and also the cab ride home <laughs> paid for by the company. So oh, totally. I know all about that. Okay. One thing I- uh, spend on that makes my life easier or better is? Uh, first and foremost, coffee. I'm big on, I am a Starbucks everyday person. I know that that might be anti a lot of people's tips, but I can't make coffee at home to save my life. I personally think that that, you know, the Keurig thing seems like you're going to spend just as much money when you're buying those things all the time. And so I'm all about my coffee. I know exactly what I like and I that's what wakes me up in the morning. And then honestly, I know I keep coming back to this, but for me, clothes, like if I have, if I need to know two, if I have two outfits that I'm going to need in a day for both of my stay tuned show shoots, um, to have something around that is, you know, new or that I'm excited about wearing or that I haven't worn in a while, or that I just got dry cleaned, like literally decreases my time in the morning by 15 to 20 minutes about just like getting up and knowing what I'm going to wear the next day. So that's a big thing for me is like planning around it. If I need to get something clean, getting it dry clean, that kind of stuff going to ask you about it apparently. Yeah. And it is, it's become a little thing, you know, that's actually another tip is I do a lot of jackets because they're such an easy way to just like change up outfits, um, without, you know, needing to buy, to put on different pants or change a whole dress or something like that. Like lots of, and I get them cheap. I love, you know, like I was saying places like Zara and Topshop and stuff where Zara, sometimes you can get like fake leather jackets for 40 bucks. Yeah. So, you know, just cool yeah. stuff like that. Well, I don't know if you're already doing this, but here's my negotiating tip for next time is get a wardrobe budget. Yeah. Your, <laughs> in your deal, girlfriend. Okay. Because it sounds like this is a, uh, this is eating up a lot of your dollars and um, it's part of your job. You got to look good. Yeah. All right. You can thank me later. Um, yeah. Okay. And last but not least, I'm Savannah Sellers. I'm so money because. Um, I'm so money because I splurge, but only when it matters. I figured out a way to buy things that are going to make me happy, that are going to make me feel good, that will make me feel like my life is easier and better. But otherwise, I try to do things as cheap as I can. And I think it's created a balance for me that makes sense with what my sort of weird, crazy life is. Oh, but it's such a fun life. You're living it up. I love oh, okay. I love that. <laughs> I love that we got to connect. Thank you so much. It's no surprise why people love tuning into your show, Savannah. Congratulations on the success. Oh, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. This was fun. And I never really get to think about my money or budgeting. So it was kind of a good exercise. Well, you're welcome. Thank you so much to Savannah for joining us on So Money. You can catch her on Twitter and Instagram at Watch Savannah. And her show, Stay Tuned, is on Snapchat. 
If you missed any of this, you know what to do. Go to somoneypodcast.com where you can listen to the audio, download the transcript. And if you click on Ask Farnoosh, leave me a question for our Friday episodes. And if you'd like to co-host with me on Fridays, that's also where you can let me know. But I'm also trying to become an Instagram star. So please join me on Instagram, follow me there and send me a direct message if you've got a money question or some feedback for me and I'll be sure to respond ASAP. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. And I hope your day is so money.